Creative Babble. John, so the last time we heard from Tim Jones, he had a run-in with Constable Wallace. Yeah, he called the police on his girlfriend, but he was the one that ended up getting arrested. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, to me, Wally's version of events regarding Tim Jones, they just don't add up. I mean, the guy is a former Marine, an accountant, doesn't have a criminal record. Yeah, he was telling me about his military career and protecting President Reagan. After I got out of boot camp and I was stationed with security battalion up in Quantico, Virginia, I actually got to guard Reagan three times. He would come down and ride the horses. We had a real nice stable down at Quantico. He would love to ride down, come down on Sundays and ride. He's in his late 50s, and Wally's saying that this guy is selling and distributing crystal meth. Yeah, it just doesn't look like he's the typical person who's complaining about Constable Wallace. But this incident led to his arrest and ruined his life. I had a $100,000 bond. And I just couldn't, I couldn't make it. I, I just didn't have, I didn't have it. So I ended up sitting in jail and, and my family didn't know what was going on. I don't have any kids. And he just sat in jail for three months waiting for the grand jury to indict him. But that never happened. Once an individual is arrested, the prosecutor then has to decide if they're going to charge them with a crime and what crimes they're going to charge them with. In this case, it went to a grand jury, but they didn't indict Tim Jones. However, the prosecutor still has the discretion. He or she can still move forward with charges even if the grand jury decides not to indict. And that's important because Tim Jones is not out of the woods yet. Exactly. They, they would not indict us. The grand jury did not indict us got out of jail and then uh, thought it was all over with and then Ezra went and filed a uh, motion to get my money and my property back. Ezra Dyke is his public defender by the way. We heard from him in the first episode. And, he, and when, he, when he filed it he did warn me. He said now just keep in mind sometimes this pisses the prosecutors off. Tim Jones just wants his money back. Remember, Constable Wallace seized more than $7,000, according to the police report. But Tim Jones claims that he took way more. Yeah, in December of 2018, Tim Jones filed for the return of the $9,500, which is what he said was taken from him, and for his truck to be returned. But that didn't work out for him. After Ezra tried to get my truck and my money and my property back, Wally goes back to the grand jury and secures an indictment through his testimony where he just lied his ass off. All of a sudden, this, this, this meth that weighed under two grams, all of a sudden it was over two grams. And that's a big difference. Five years, I think, in prison. Wow. Yeah, and that would be something. I mean, I know we, I'm sure we can't get his grand jury testimony. Uh, you know, you, I have it. Oh, you do? Really? Yes. Okay. Tim Jones it. sent us a copy of the transcript from the grand jury testimony. Constable Wallace took the stand, and this is what he said under oath. When he goes back to the grand jury, all of a sudden, eight grams of marijuana has now turned into 70 grams of marijuana. That's quite a bit more. He also changed something else from the police report. He had originally said there were two grams of crystal methamphetamines, and now he's saying there's more like three grams, even though he didn't weigh it. These charges are what led him to seize Tim Jones's property. He took his cash, his car, his gun. But maybe what's most interesting about this whole night are the things that Constable Wallace didn't take. From the creators of Twisted and Pretend, 
This is Criminal Conduct Season 2, an investigative podcast about rogue constables in Pulaski County, Kentucky. I mean, there's eight pills on on the bed. How was he able to say that he could take your vehicle? Did he say there was drugs in there? No, there were, no, he didn't say found drugs, but he said he found drugs in the house, which would, would enable him to take anything he wants, I guess. He, he hooked my truck up and it was gone. My brother was there during all this too. Now my brother's car was out there. It's a new car, but it's got a lean on it. He didn't bother him or it. He was not arrested or anything. But I'm telling you, if his car had been paid for, he'd have been arrested that night. I mean, obviously, who knows? We can only speculate. But why Wally associated the drugs with you and why he felt, uh, you know, that you yeah. were the one that needed to be arrested? Yeah, yeah, because well, the vehicle is in my name. He knew it was mine. Yeah, plus if your girlfriend at the time was was working with his dad, then clearly arresting her wouldn't be good for him either. Exactly, exactly. I don't know how much detective work you've done on Mr. Wallace. I've done a lot. As soon as I got arrested, I did nothing but study this guy, watched every post, copied every picture, just, just, just try to get a gist of who this guy is. And he's not a very good man. Well, now I've got a bunch of pictures of all the property he owned. The guy made seven, eight bucks an hour doing a uh, car wash. Then all of a sudden he becomes constable. He's got, he's got a big campers. Uh, he has boats, he has speed cars, he has dune buggies, new trucks. You would not believe it, how, how well he has uh, done. Here's Mark Atkins Sr. again. In the last episode, he told us about his son getting arrested for having heroin in the back of his pickup truck. You mentioned when we first started talking that you knew of Constable Wallace. And what was his reputation? Did you know what he's accused of? You hear all of the, you know, the talk and, you know, how he'd done people. And, you know, this is a constable that doesn't make that kind of money. But you're you're trading a new camper and getting a new camper every year, buying new cruisers, building garages, buying property. So you knew that reputation before your son got arrested? Yeah. Yeah. He thinks everybody's scared of him. And he is a he's the kind of guy that, hey, I've got a gun on my side. He's told me and my wife, I can take anybody I want to to jail because I can make things happen. That's the very words he's saying. But there are a lot of people scared of him because if you've done him wrong or anything, you better be looking over your shoulder. And a lot of people were scared of him because of that. I mean, I know a guy right now that said if he got behind me and turned his blue lights on, I ain't stopping. Well, he's just one of them guys, if, if you get on his wrong side, that's what he'll do to you. Which got us thinking, are all these constables like this? Surely not, right? I mean, it seems like the wild, wild west out there in Kentucky. I mean, there's only 17 states that have constables. And in Pulaski County in Kentucky, where the story is, there are five constables. Is Constable Wallace the exception? Or are all these guys also accused of being crooked? Let's take a look at the five constables in Kentucky. Constable Michael Wallace is in charge of Pulaski's 5th District. We all know his story. 
Then there's Constable Gary Baldock from Pulaski's 4th District. If you ask people around town, he's just as bad as Wally. Constable Baldock, what's his story and how did he get tangled up with Constable Wallace? I think he just got tied in with Wallace and he just thought Wally on taking places because he would have been assistant sheriff if Wally would have won the sheriff's race. Let me interrupt Mark Adkins Sr. for a second. John, did you know that Constable Wallace was informally starting a bid for sheriff? It doesn't surprise me. And Baldog just fell in with him, and they both figured out how to move drugs around and take money and take stuff. And I guess it's just kind of like having your own little mafia just locally. Eric Strunk covers the 4th District. His name is in a civil lawsuit filed by several people who have complained that he and Constable Wallace and Baldock, along with other law enforcement officers, abused their civil rights. Here's Tim Jones again, talking about Constable Strunk. Yes, and, and he has dodged the bullets, and I don't understand how, because he was right there divvying up the money, what they stole. He was right in the middle of it. Constable Clyde Mullen covers the 2nd District, but he's pretty much flown under the radar. Nobody has heard much about him, and negative or positive. And finally, you have Constable Danny Weddle of Pulaski County's 1st District. People generally have great things to say about him. Yeah, and so within Pulaski County, three of the five constables have citizens quite concerned. Our own constable that we got out here, Danny Weddle, Danny's a straight-up guy, you know, he's not like that. Constable Wallace had got the word out that he's going to have him killed. He was going to have him knocked off. Constable Wallace threatened this other constable? Yeah. Yeah, I'd made a comment to people. Because hmm. people were telling him that. It, it tore him up so bad. He didn't leave his house for a long time. And what, what but, was the uh, reason, do you know? Danny's a constable, too. And Wally would come out here and work. And he didn't like Danny because... Danny didn't go along with Wally's shenanigans like Baldock did. So I gave Constable Danny Weddle a call. Constable Weddle? It is. Hey, my name is Javier Leva. Oh, man, I've talked to a lot of people who have referred me to you because they keep saying, Danny Weddle, he's the good one. I wanted to talk with a constable that wasn't controversial, that was just doing their job. So let me ask you, I mean, how long have you been doing this? See, I've been doing this to be my second term, so it'll be eight years. So I, what made you want to become a constable? I was a deputy sheriff prior to this for four, for four years. I just wanted to get out and uh, help my community. Okay, so you have law enforcement background, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, you've been through the training, and this was just a way to keep working but not full-time. Is that the idea? That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, have a, I have a full-time job that I do at a factory here in the county and it pays me really good and I didn't have really enough uh, the county didn't offer enough money for me to quit that factory job so what is a constable supposed to be doing in my opinion constables are to serve papers I serve about six to eight hundred papers a year within the county also direct traffic at my local school in my district and I assist in vehicle lockups which is like when you lock your keys in your car and house alarms, anything small crime that I can take off the sheriff's office to allow them to focus on larger crimes and car accidents and stuff like that. And I was reading about this, and tell me if this is true or not, but I hear that to serve a paper, it's only like a couple bucks. 
the sheriff charges sixty bucks, and then he says that he he would like for his constables to charge us the same. Oh, so it's sixty dollars. It's more than two dollars. Okay, and who? Who pays that? For example, if you was going through a divorce, you would go pay your retainer to your, to your attorney, and then I would get my $60 service fee from the attorneys. That makes sense. Or landlords. Yeah. So if you have like a rental property and you're a land, landlord and you want that person evicted. I would pay you $60. Yes, and give me the paper, and then I would go serve it for you. In your position as a constable, are you listening to the radio constantly? Is that what you're doing? Yes. Whenever I come out to work, I have a, a radio in my cruiser. I've, I've got a fully functional cruiser, and I hear everything happens in the county. If it's something that uh, I need to assist the sheriff's office on, like a- John, he basically told me that his role is to assist the sheriff's office. So he's just there to help out and not outperform the sheriff's office. Exactly. He says that his job is to direct traffic, funerals, concerts, school zone, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a big county, and the sheriff's office only has a handful of deputies for a given shift for the entire county. So if one or two things occur at the same time, like a domestic call or an accident, that can tie up most of the sheriff's office. So that's where a constable could come in and really help out with some minor things going on in the county. In my opinion, we really do need constables. I get calls every day that the sheriff's office hasn't got these papers served for these individuals. And that could go anywhere between child custody, that could be divorces or anything because the sheriff's office is so busy doing high active crime and they don't have time to really focus on paper service because we are the third largest county in the state and we don't really have that many deputies. I think there's just roughly anywhere between 40 to 50 deputies and they work three shifts. So when you've got five or seven people covering a large county, it's, it's, it's pretty bare, bare necessities. Are you ever making arrests that involve drugs, violent crime or anything like that? I can. If I run up on it, I don't go out and look for it. I, I personally like to leave that high-volume crime to the sheriff's office. But I have arrested active meth labs as a constable, and I've, I've done drug paraphernalia and stuff like that. But uh, I don't go out and search for that. But if I'm faced with that, then I, I handle it because I am a sworn peace officer in Kentucky, and I have the same right as a, as a sheriff and a deputy sheriff. I, mean, I, I can do traffic stops, and I can do arrest and stuff like that but that's not what i wanted to do as a constable i wanted to lighten the load up on on the deputies on smaller crime and it seems like some some other constables haven't been self-governing the way you have yes yes Uh, some of them just went full force and they wasn't trained you have no chain of command yeah i i personally believe that everybody needs a chain of command to go to go to and I don't really feel like that we have that here, uh, I guess, anywhere, because constables are just elected, and they don't really have nobody over them besides the governor. We just kind of go and do as we we please, but um, I've just never been one to jump out there and tackle something bigger than what I feel like I can handle, which I I, I can handle any of it, but I was already a deputy sheriff for four years, and I've done seen that, that side of it. When I decided to run for a constable, I said, you know, if I can lighten that officer's load by taking care of house alarms or stuff like that and give that officer a little more leadway to focus on drug trafficking and 
domestic violence and stuff like that. And that's what I'm going to do. Some people have told me, I've spoken to supporters of Constable Wallace, and they say, he's cleaning up the streets. He's arresting all these drug addicts. We have a big drug problem here in Kentucky, and he's the only one doing something about it. What, what do you say to that? I mean, yeah, he he, he was making drug, drug arrests. Our local sheriff's office makes drug arrests, too, every day. We do have a bad drug problem in Plastic County in the state of Kentucky. And it wasn't that he wasn't arresting them. It's, I guess, what he was doing with the drugs after he arrested them. I, I congratulate him for being able to get the drugs off the street, but I feel like they should have stayed off the street, did not put back on the street. I heard that you had personally been threatened by Constable Wallace. Is that true? Or? Yeah, but he was he was pretty rough on me. Uh, he thought that I was doing stuff on the inside because uh, I wouldn't partner with him. But I was like, you know, I don't I don't need to partner with you. I've done I've done pulled my years as a deputy. I've done I, I know what I want to do. I want to direct traffic. I want to serve papers and allow the sheriff's office to work on this high volume crime. He got these other three to partner right up with him, and it, it ended up getting them all pretty much in trouble before it's over with. Was it a real threat, or was it just him just implying the threat, or what? Probably just implying the, the threat. I never felt like that it was a threat. Uh, I wasn't scared of him by no no means. He was just he was elected constable before I was constable, and I was a deputy when he first got elected as constable. And he felt like since he was holding the office longer than any other constable in Plastic County, he wanted to kind of be that head chief constable, which we don't have no head chief constable. Each constable is a chief of his own area. You know, it's just like a, a department of one. But he wanted to run the constables in Plastic County like it was his department, and I would, I would go for that. So he pretty much threatened me, but I. I wasn't scared and I wasn't worried. I know what I wanted to do. I know what I told the people that I would do to get elected. And that's what I stuck to. And I still stick to that to this day. What kind of message do you think that sends the community? Because I've heard people say that they're afraid now of getting pulled over by a cop. Uh, yeah. Back whenever they was actually you know, working, I got a lot of complaints that they were scared to get pulled over by them. And I just encouraged my my people that contact me, I said, if you don't feel safe, I said, pull over, put your driver's license up to the window, call 911 and tell them you're being pulled over by a constable and you want a county in it. And don't get out of the vehicle until they will count you to get there. But since all this has took took place, it, it's given us constables a bad black eye. It sounds like the constables play a pretty critical role in local law enforcement and are integral to the court system. Unfortunately, not all the elected constables in Pulaski County, Kentucky, restrain the power they've been given constitutionally. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best to show them that, that I'm doing what a constable is elected to do. I'm not out here to chase anybody down. I'm not out here to take anybody to jail unless I, I have to. And I'm sworn by the law to uphold the law. So if you're doing something in front of me, then I have to take you to jail but I'm not going to come out here and just hunt you down. I'm going to leave all that to the sheriff's office. So, John, what exactly do we know about Constable Wallace? Well, the rumors kind of circulating around the area is that he's been involved in one prior incident, but that was expunged. And we know that he has almost no official law enforcement training. 
I wanted to speak with someone who knew Wally, so I called up his friend, Jeff Price. Is this Jeff? Yes. Do you have a second to, to talk? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Tell me about Wally. I mean, what do people not know about him? I've never seen nothing negative out of Mr. Wallace. I've known Wally for probably 26, 27 years. Wally, you know, when he become a constable, he had turned his whole life around and really took everything to heart. He was never to one to let somebody be above the law. Mr. Gary Baldock, you know, I didn't know him very much. I never did like him. But then again, as a team, they was they was really putting a hurt on the people around here that was that was out here dealing in this meth and heroin and everything else too. Every weekend you heard of a of a bust and people being taken down. Now you don't hear nothing. It's like nobody gives a shit. In your point of view, Wally and Baldock were taking care of business and, and the police aren't being aggressive enough? Wally and Mr. Baldock, they was always backing up state police. They was always backing up Burnside police. Uh, they was always, they was doing what everybody else wouldn't do. I respect my officers and I back my military and everybody that wears a badge. And I do everything I can do for them, you know. If I'd have seen either one of them on the side of the road under gunfire and everything else, too, and I could have found a way to help them and keep them from getting hurt, I would have done that. That's how much respect I had for them. I hear you, man. One guy that he was supposed to have set up or done something to or blah, 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 whatever. You know, around this little one-horse town, everybody's got something to say. And uh, this one guy that he was that he had took down... Well, they just found him dead the other day over in his house, and he had a needle stuck in his arm from an o overdose. John, I get the feeling that some of these Wally supporters, like this man, Jeff Price, don't see any problem with the accusations going around. Yeah, I think like a lot of people that probably know Wally think, well, he's doing the right thing. And the people that are making the accusations, they're criminals. So I think they're giving him the benefit of the doubt. And they're not really concerned about the things that are being said about him. Exactly. Like supporters of Constable Wallace and Constable Baldock feel like they're the only ones doing anything about the crime in Pulaski County. When he told you he was going to become Constable, why didn't you believe it? Because he was just a normal guy like you? Why didn't I believe it? No, he wasn't normal like me. I mean, he was just a little bit more rougher than I was. Is Wally pretty well off? I mean, does he live like a pretty fancy lifestyle? Wally? Like, mm -hmm. He didn't live no damn fancy lifestyle. Lived in a double wide trailer. Oh, did he? Did I see him live a fancy life? No. Does he? Does no. he? Does he have like? Tr fancy trailers and vehicles and stuff like that. Now I don't know about that. I know that they had nice cars. They drove. They finally got out of junk that they was having to drive. They had nice uniforms. They had the right gear to go into these places. I'm going to tell you something. Wally went from let me just say a little little redneck. Okay, All I'm right. fifty. I'm fifty eight years old. He went from a little redneck kid, two or three boys and a wife to before he ever become a constable. When he told me he was going to do that, I was thinking, there's no way in hell you could do this. I didn't really think that he really had the education to do it. Right. I can't say that he always done everything right. I thought, Lord, uh, we'd all have to be perfect to do everything right. Hell, he took his brother to jail. 
he put his own damn brother in jail. I know his brother was a lot of trouble. And and while he wasn't put up with that shit, he took his he took it he hauled his ass to jail. So Javier, it would be interesting to try to get Wally's brother on the phone. I think he would have some insights into the kind of person Wally was and is. Yeah. Here's what Tim Jones told me about Wally's brother. And now, of course, now his brother hates him. And uh, big time because the brother didn't bring him commissary or take care of him while he was in jail. He just kind of just kind of turned a blind eye from him. I actually have a picture of a tattoo of... <laughs> he actually got a tattoo on his arm saying, Fuck Wally. <laughs> I, I know. I've seen the picture, and it's a shot of someone's forearm or calf. It's really hard to tell. And the photo is a, of a tattoo of an alien. And, you know, the classic big-eyed Martian from Area 51? Well, the alien is wearing a T-shirt that says, Fuck the police and Wally. After the break, we're talking with Wally's brother, Dave Wallace. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I came across your name, and I wanted to see if if maybe I could ask you a couple questions for my reporting. Well, I mean, I don't know too much about him, but I mean, I'll listen to your questions. Are you his brother? Yes, I am. What I want to know about Constable Wallace is what's not in the newspapers. I'll be straight up with you. I don't believe any of it. I've known my brother since the day that, you know, I was born. He has always been against drugs. Always have because I was a drug user myself. I went to prison for 10 years. Like I said, I, I don't believe any of the bullshit that's being said. I think it's a, a bunch of meth heads that ganged up together and they just started a story. Now, he may have, you know, confiscated stuff, which they all cops do that. Uh, I did 10 years in prison. I, I, I know for a fact how, how cops are and they will take things. Some of the times it's turned in, sometimes it ain't. Sometimes it's supposed to be destroyed, sometimes it ain't. My brother has did more for this county, okay, than our own county sheriff. And I'm telling you, he went after him. He was a real good constable. He was there whenever you needed him. You, you had a drug problem yourself, you said. And do you think Yo, that drugs yes, is a big problem in that area in, in Somerset? Yes, sir. Oh, oh, most definitely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Drugs have always been a big problem in this area, okay? Uh, I got addicted to drugs whenever I was young, and I started smoking marijuana at first. And then it escalated over to Oxycontins. Yeah. And when I got addicted to Oxycontins, I went to robbing stores and places like that, and I got busted. And my brother is the one that helped put me in prison, okay? Oh, really? My brother helped lead the... In oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. My brother helped lead the investigation to put me in prison. All right. Wow. What, why is that? Because it was the right thing to do. I mean, he didn't care. I'm going to tell you how my brother is. My brother did not care if he was family or not, okay? If you was on drugs, he was against you and he was coming after you. Are you currently fighting uh, an opioid addiction or, or you're good? No, now? sir. No, sir. I've been clean now for six years. I got out of prison in 2016 and I've been clean ever since. Wally there, he got, he got too big, man, for his head. Okay. And I told him what, what was going to happen to him. Okay. 
he started going after the big guys. And whenever you started busting people with quarter ounces and, you know, quarter pounds of methamphetamine, that's Mexican mafia stuff. And I don't care what anybody says. They're here in Kentucky. All right. They're all over the state. I was in prison with them. I know where they're at. Let's go back to you. You you battled an addiction problem. And a lot of the people in Kentucky, in the, especially in the rural areas, are battling the same thing, too. So you could sympathize with a drug addict. Oh, yeah. A lot of the people that Wally was arresting were people that probably were suffering from an addiction problem, too, right? Oh, yeah. And a lot of them I knew. What do you think is the right way to help these people that were in your shoes at one point? I'm going to tell you now, if it wasn't for prison, I would not be alive right now. It's, it's what saved my life. I think people, you, if you get busted, I think you need to go do your time. All right. And it's up to you if you come out and be a better person or not. It's up to you. All right. I'm telling you, if you break the law, your butt should go, be a man, do your time. And it's up to you how you come out the other end of it. That's tough, especially if you're addicted. Oh, it was. It was really tough because I'm going to tell you now, like I said, Oxycontin was my drug. Uh, I never got off on heroin or anything like that or methamphetamine. It was just Oxycontin. I really loved opiates. Well, I'm glad you're clean, man. I don't know anything about Wallace from when he was a, a kid or, or before he was a constable. Like, what can you tell me about that? Well, we were adopted. Whenever uh, I was adopted, whenever I was 22 months old, he was about four years old. We was adopted by a man, and he was a good man. He raised us well. And uh, whenever we got grown, Mike, he took off racing. He used to love to race, man. I'm going to tell you right now. That's the reason that... Well, one of the county sheriffs and everything would get somebody running. They would call him up, and he would go run them down. What was Mike Wallace doing before he was a constable? Uh, before that, man, uh, he used to uh, work at a uh, muffler shop as a welder. That's where he works at now. And uh, he's 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 a old killer welder. I mean, he builds race car frames, uh, mufflers. He's a good mechanic. And he, he's, he's well-known down there. They called him Wally Wallbanger. <laughs> because if he couldn't pass you, he'd put you in the wall. He had the fastest Chevette in the state. He still works on cars and race cars every once in a while, but I don't know if he's racing now or not. Me and him don't talk too much. You haven't talked in a long time, or is it uh, recent? No, it's been a long time. We're distant because I, I try to keep it that way. You know, and where I'm a convicted felon, I don't want them to think that, you know, me and him was doing anything because we wasn't. So I just tried to stay away from him. But when you guys were young, when you were little, you guys, would you guys yeah. hang out together? Not really. Not really? Ever. Me and him never hung out. He tried to be my, my dad because my mom left my stepfather when I was 13. He tried to be my daddy and it just didn't work out. So I came back and stayed with my stepfather. And then he went and lived with my mom. If I were to have a beer with Mike Wallace, is he is he a funny guy? Is he serious? Like, what's he like? It it, it, it all depends. All right, he he he's got a mouth on piece on him. All right, I mean he's he is funny at times. 
and has he always wanted to be in law enforcement? I can remember as a kid. Yeah, he did. My brother started working with a, a city cop up here called Doug Nelson, which is now the chief of police. And that's how he became constable and everything. He started getting into it with them and becoming constable and all that good stuff. So you have two brothers who have completely different lives. One's got a criminal record, drug abuser, and the other one wants to be sheriff. Yeah, I still can't believe that Constable Wallace arrested his own brother. It seems to me like Wally probably got into law enforcement with good intentions. We don't have a criminal record that we know of, and I'm pretty sure if one exists, we would have seen one by now. Yeah, I mean, there's there are rumors that he had a DUI, and there's even some like scuttlebutt around town that he and his brother robbed a store together. But I mean, that's just pure conjecture and rumors and hearsay. To me, it just seems like Constable Wallace, there's nothing there showing that he had any kind of drug problem or criminal problem at all. It's just a lot of people that I think it makes the story better for them that, uh, that maybe he did something wrong and we just and it was covered up or something we don't know about it but there's no indications that that's the case yeah but everything changed as soon as he got his badge he got too big man and i told him that listen you put a bullseye on your back on facebook i guess when he would arrest people he would put up a sign and take pictures he would he he would and he was being a jackass right there okay man that's just being a jackass and i even told him that listen man you, you don't got to humiliate people like that. And he would laugh at me because, oh, well, they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And I could tell him, said, listen, man, that shit's going to come back to get you. You better watch what the hell you're doing. Hey, so yep. let me ask you, do you do you have any tattoos? I've heard that maybe you had a tattoo of Wally. No, that is a lie. That's a lie? No, it ain't me. But yeah, they thought it out there that I got that tattoo and I thought it was funny. I was like... <laughs> These people don't even know. Well, but I mean, you guys have a history together, right? You said that um, when you were younger, that you robbed stores and stuff like that. I also heard that maybe you and Wally robbed a store together. No. No, no, nothing like that never happened. Oh, okay. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if I did anything, he would be the last guy that would know about it. I promise you that. Anything. I said, I wouldn't tell him nothing. Well, he's a cop, and I know, he's always been a cop. Listen, even when I was a kid, he would go out tell on me. Oh, really? I mean, when I was a little boy, oh, God, yeah, man. When I was a little boy, if I did something, he'd go rat me out in a heartbeat. Man. I, I, I remember I used to go fight chickens, right? And he'd go tell on me about fighting chickens. Yeah. I want to know more about that day that he arrested you, man, because that must have been really... Awkward. He didn't want to do it. I made him do it. I, I knew I was wanted, okay? And a couple of state troopers and a couple of other cops showed up at the house, and I was on the inside, and I told him I wasn't going to leave with anybody but him. They called him up. He come upstairs to the house, and he goes, listen, he goes, I don't want to do this. He goes, let them. I said, I'm not leaving here with anybody but you. And he looked at me and he goes, all right. He goes, man, I don't want to do this. I said, let's go. And I left with him and he took me to jail and that was that. What was it that you were charged with? It was a domestic assault and first degree arm robbery and kidnapping, wanting endangerment. 
pretty yeah. serious stuff. And that's what landed you in jail for what ten years? You said? Yeah, yeah. I didn't see him or anybody until the day that my father passed away and he came and seen me and uh because he was a cop they let him come inside the jail and this is a real touchy subject for me and uh i knew something was up because the guard that come back there to get me knew me because i'd been in and out of jail you know half my life and he come back there and he put his arm on my shoulder and he goes you need to come up front. I told him, I said, if it's cops, I said, I don't want to talk to them. You know? And he goes, listen, you need to come up front with me. And I looked at him, I said, what's wrong? He goes, just come up front with me. And I walked up there and I seen my brother. And you knew you knew what the news was? I I knew something. And I walked in and he told me that my, my dad had passed away. Here's the thing, man. Like my dad taught me, life only makes you tougher. And the tougher you get, the better it gets, I guess. What about uh, your biological dad? Do you guys have any relationship with him? Uh, no. My biological father, mine and Mike's biological father, is a real sack of crap. Oh, is he? Yeah, he ain't nothing but an alcoholic. You know, my stepdad told me, he goes, I really don't want you to go see him. He said, but I'll go with you. Because hmm. he's scared of what I was going to do. Because I'd always said I was going to whoop this guy's butt. Yeah. Because of the way that he's done me and Mike. He's never been in our life, ever. So Mike, and, Mike has a bad relationship with him, too? Yeah. I mean, him, Mike tried to repair their relationship, I guess, when I was in prison, you know, but I, I, I just, I don't know what happened there, man. My dad's just a real piece of shit. So, Morgan, it, I've heard around town that, that he that he likes to sell drugs and stuff like that. Are those rumors true or are they false? I don't know. I don't talk to him. Yeah. When I was 16 years old, all right, I went, I seen this man, and Mike told him, you had 16 years to come see me and talk to me, and you never once did it. Our family is really distant, you know, yeah. and it's probably for the best, because like I said, I came from one side of the cloth, he came from the other side of the cloth. Yeah. Wally is a cop. I mean, he is. He, he's born, bred, cop, yeah. and I'm not. I mean, I don't do nothing against the law now, but I got the I have in the past. So there are a lot of people who think that Constables Wallace and Baldock were doing a good job helping out society. But there are still more people coming forward claiming that both of these constables violated their civil rights. Yeah, that's right. I mean, since we've aired our first episode, more people have come forward claiming that Wally or Baldock ruined their lives. I mean, we could make a 50-episode series if we played every story of everyone who has had a bad run-in with these constables. But we have one more story to share. Next time on Criminal Conduct. Yeah, woke up with guns in my faces, yeah. So they had a key, they opened the door, and they walked in on you guys sleeping, and you woke up to a bunch of cops right. with guns. Right. 
Wow. And Tim Jones, who you've heard from in every episode, isn't going to sit around and wait for the courts to decide his fate. He's going to go talk to the FBI. Then when I got out of jail, I called him. And uh, me, me and Lisa met with him. What'd they say? Did they believe you right off the bat? Or? I, they said they had, they had heard about Wally, that they, I think they knew there was something going. And uh, by the time they left, I was pretty confident that they were going to, uh, do, to look into it at least. Constables Wallace and Baldock have a brush-in with the FBI, and things don't go so well for them. That's next time on Criminal Conduct. A special thanks to our executive producer, AdvertiseCast, and Ruby Rose Fox for allowing us to use her song, Bury the Body, during our intro. Her music is available anywhere you can purchase music. If you enjoy the podcast, find us on social media at CriminalCon. And please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Also, check out our other podcasts, Twisted and Pretend. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts. You're not a bad man, you're not a bad man, I'm not a bad woman. You're not a bad man, you're not a bad man, I'm not a bad woman. Creative Babble.